This is a Tech Briefs Media Group podcast. Welcome to another Who's Who at NASA podcast. This month we spoke with Dr. Patrick Fink, Chief Technologist at Johnson Space Center. Dr. Patrick Fink leads the technology development of radio frequency identification systems. The RFID technology will support NASA's efforts to track its various inventories on the International Space Station, from personal supplies to equipment components. A new smart container innovation tracks individual items regardless of placement. First, uh, you've developed a method for tracking collections of items in a smart container using radio frequency identification tags uh, or RFID tags. How does that work? Yeah, so basically we've got, like, in the container has uh, distributed RFID integrated circuits. And then in one method, those uh, would be enabled by, say, a traveler. So I think Pez, think Pez dispenser, right? So it's got a spring-loaded traveler. That traveler pushes the candies up. So in this case, that uh, traveler um, enables one of multiple RFID integrated circuits. Okay, so on the software side, it uh, would recognize uh, the correlation between any one of those IDs from those integrated circuits and the position of that traveler, and that then, uh, from that, you can, the processor can infer the level of uh, items inside that container. So can you take me through an example of a, a common use case for this technology? Right, so, so for the, the intended original NASA application uh, was that uh, so the, some of the medical support individuals on the ground all wanted to be able to track, um, you know, which uh, crew members took, say, how many of which type of pill. Um, the, the body reacts differently to medications in space, um, and, and so it's important to understand, you know, the, uh, the who's taking how many which pill, um, and then also just for the sake of keeping inventory of, uh, of the pills. So. Uh, one approach um, that we don't like is to uh, have the crew do uh, frequent um, frequent uh, inventories of supplies um, so just because manually uses their, uh, too much of their time. Um, and so, what uh, you know, another approach is using RFID. You call, of course could have a package uh, that contains you know one or two pills, and each package has its own I, uh, RFID tag. So, a couple of uh, uh, problems with that. Uh, one is that it requires a fair amount of, of ground process to encode and tag each individual pill. Uh, we also have the physical real estate available with the pill or the package, increase the package size to get a tag on each pill. Uh, and then you have the problem with if you've got a, huge, a bag full of a very large number of pills, getting the you know single penetration to be able to read all of those tagged pills. Okay, so. Um, well, our approach was to take something, uh, our original thought something like a Pez dispenser, and the package would contain the intelligence to understand its inventory uh, without having to tag each individual item. Um, and so we also, one of our requirements was since we're using RFID, uh, in particular the EPC Global uh, Class 1 Gen 2 protocol, that we wanted this device uh, preferably to use that same protocol um, and so, you know, make it a spot but using the same protocol that you normally talk to tags in. And then through the process that I've described as far as, you know, the placement of those uh, RFID integrated circuits into the packaging 
um, and then enabling um, one or more of those uh, such that the processor, the algorithm on the application side can understand uh, the, the uh, remaining inventory in the dispenser. Now, in your pill example, uh, just so I'm clear, how is it that uh, individual, from a technology perspective, how is it that individual pills don't need to be tracked? So, yeah, so the, the intelligence is actually in the packaging, and so we have uh, a container, and, you know, so, and we can think of it as the PEZ dispenser, and that's the RFID integrated circuits, those are the, the we typically thought of the brains of an RFID tag. Are embedded into that package, into the PEZ package. Um, there's also have to be an antenna embedded into that uh, container or package um, that distributes that energy, uh, you know, into uh, uh, into that system. Okay, and so the the interrogator is transmitting, and it's instead of talking to tagged items, it's talking to a container. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that as that traveler, that spring, in this case it's spring-loaded, uh, that spring-loaded traveler, you know, as, as a uh, piece of the inventory, say a pill is taken out, that traveler moves a little bit. And each time it moves, um, it enables a, di a different uh, individual RFID integrated circuit uh, or a different set of RFID integrated circuits. So that energy is at the antenna, it's coming in, and it's only channeled to a select number of the RFID integrated circuit. Okay. Each RFID integrated circuit uh, has a unique ID. All right. So, on the interrogator side, you know, the, the software application sees the ID coming back from that package, and by virtue of knowing which, uh, seeing which ID is responding, then it can determine where that traveler is, that spring-loaded traveler is, and it's uh, four ways uh, uh, from its full range of motion. Right. So, in the for, in the full case, for example, it's maybe reading ID number one. And then by the time all of them are removed, that traveler has gone the full distance. And now it's talking to the integrated circuit that's at the other end of that travel range. Where else do you see this kind of technology being used? Uh, so, um, we're thinking maybe in the medical industry. Um, so the hospitals have, uh, to different degrees, adopted RFID technology for tracking uh, medical supplies. And I think perhaps in the same vein of where there are many, many small items and it becomes uh, maybe cost, uh, it's not effective from a cost perspective to put a tag on every single little item, uh, uh, or it may be constrained for, for size, tag size uh, that the, it's a, to such a small level that it's not, that it's not conducive to putting a tag on every item. Um, so in addition to pills, for example, uh, maybe um, I've been told that medical suture packages uh, are something that there are a lot of different types of sizes of the sutures that are distributed. And uh, my understanding is that there are um, manual hand counts or inventories done on those fairly frequently. So that might be a potential ap uh, application outside of NASA. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned cost. Why else is this method so uh, so valuable as a as an inventory kind of technology? Um, I would say because it allows inventories of, of uh, you know, it allows greater insight and situational awareness. So into a, into an area regime where it's uh, maybe not hasn't been practical to uh, obtain that awareness, um, and if it is, or maybe requires a large amount of uh, uh, manual human activity, uh, it completely feeds into the whole uh, automation and. Uh, 
you know, Internet of Things, knowing where every single little item is at, how many. Mm -hmm. And this came about from a, a NASA need, is that right? That's how it started, yes, sir. And when did this? When did you be, uh, begin developing this technology? Uh, probably, I'd have to go back and look to be sure. I'm thinking it's probably about five or six years ago, 2010 time frame. Uh huh. Are you working largely uh, by yourself or with a team? How many people are working on this? Um, so we have a, a very capable team here, and it, so as far as like the actual dispenser, um, uh, there are probably four, I would say. Um, that have worked on it. Uh, a lot of our effort right now is we're moving forward with a, um, well, it's a technology that's referred to in the NASA roadmap as Autonomous Logistics Management, or uh, ALM is the acronym. And so Autonomous Logistics Management addresses more than just inventory. You know, it's getting things from point A to point B and, and, um, and the configuration, the setup, the big logistics picture. Uh, and, and sometimes, you know, health and status of all the items uh, that you're keeping track of. Uh, so our focus is a kind of a subset, but a very important subset of ALM, and, and we refer to that, the project name is um, RFID-enabled Autonomous Logistics Management, so the acronym is RELMS, R-E-A-L-M. Uh, and so we have uh, uh, an ongoing flight project for RELM in which we're transferring, you know, the basic tracking capability up to the space station um, in three of the modules uh, initially as an initial you know, tryout proof of concept. Um, and that first stage we call Realm 1 is fixed readers and antennas in three of those station modules. Um, and so the, you know, it's uh, basically, it's very similar, it's kind of a microcosm of say a supply chain logistics tracking uh, in the commercial sector or DOD sector. Uh, where you're tracking things that leaves, you know, it leaves the supplier, it goes through maybe several steps in the supply chain and ends up in the warehouse where it needs to go. And you, that, in that regime, you're kind of tracking things at, through ch uh, choke points, um, you know, through maybe a warehouse door. You're capturing things coming in and pallets and boxes. So we're trying to apply that concept on station, except we're tracking things down to, you know, every, little, every item uh, to finer granularity. And the first run one will allow us to at least capture choke points and resolve things down to, say, a quarter or half of an element module of our space station. Okay? And all that data that we collect through these, there'll be uh, six different readers, each attached to four antennas. So there's 24 antennas distributed through these three modules, each associated with a little cloud to give a cloud coverage area. And we can, uh, all the data from those tags moving through those antenna clouds, so to speak, uh, flows down to the ground to, um, at the Archive Center, it's referred to a Complex Event Processing Center, or CEP. Uh, we have a university partner, uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst, that uh, has a, uh, extensive experience in applying the CEP to RFID data streams. But that, that CEP, the, response, the functionality of that CEP is to infer where things are when we can't get real-time reads to uh, the tag items. That's all Realm 1, um, and that's, uh, we're moving towards the launch of that hardware in November. And we have two other projects ongoing um, that build on that. Um, it's in, they're in earlier stages. Uh, Realm 2 is the attachment of a RFID reader to a robotic free flyer. Um, the uh, free flyer goes by the name Astrobee, and that's being developed at NASA Ames. Uh, we're providing the RFID interrogator and antenna that will be a payload to Astrobee. And it will, uh, two primary 
function for Astro B, for the what we call Realm 2 and Astro B. Uh, one is to extend the coverage beyond the fixed areas in three modules. So uninstrumented modules, also uh, places within those modules where we don't have full coverage. Um, so that's one is to extend the coverage area. The second the second uh, primary um, attribute that it brings is better, finer localization. So I mentioned that Realm 1 would be half the quarter module area, uh, and then with the free file we can get um, much finer localization uh, tag items. So those are Realm 1, Realm 2. Uh, Realm 3 pertains to smart, smart enclosures or containers. Um, it's basically attaching an RFID reader and antennas uh, integrated into a drawer, say, or some other type of enclosure, and then reading high densities of tagged items in those enclosures. Uh, we actually have a couple of, of smart, so-called smart drawers flying on station right now in the human research facility. Um, those actually uh, predate the Realm concept, but they, they fit into what we call Realm 3, and we're in the process of looking at other infusion points of the, the smart containers. So most of the, we have a, a much larger team working on Realm 1, Realm 2, and, and Realm 3. Um, the uh, kind of in our spare time, uh, we work some of the new technologies that feed into some of these, such as the uh, the smart uh, or the dispenser that we've been talking about. Great. And finally, what do you think is most exciting to you about uh, the different possibilities with RFID technology? Uh, I think it's, uh, it's a couple of things. You know, one is this, you know, ability to have this, ex you know, pervasive situational awareness, you know, knowing where everything is, what's the state of everything, and doing it in a manner in which the distribution of the, your sensors or your tags are they're so, uh, uh, they're very low cost, they're very low mass, lightweight, so they can be added in, um, added in later. Um, and then and another aspect is how this all feeds into autonomy. And so uh, it's not just, the humans knowing where assets are, but it also opens the door for much tighter uh, engagement um, of mach machines with humans, um, the human-machine interface. So, for example, uh, you know, so right now we have a fairly coarse re uh, resolution accuracy as far as triangulation using um, UHF RFID, but. Um, we are working with some companies to bring in you know, new RFID technologies that allows very, very accurate uh, localization. Um, and, and so when that's in place, then that allows machines to get in closer. We have better uh, safety margins, so the machines can work more closely with humans. That um, also enables them to manipulate and handle logistics. So, for example, on a precursor mission, uh, the robots can unpack and set up structures and have things prepared for human arrival um, because they know where assets are and they also know the orientation of the assets that allows them to grapple with those assets um, much more efficiently.